0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio,
1: the multi-award-winning Niall Boylan show. Liz Truss has just told Keir Starmer that she doesn't support her. She's not behind windfall taxes, which a lot of people, by the way, here in Ireland are exactly the same about it, because, of course, you can't separate sustainable energy from uh, regular fossil fuel energy. So you have to charge everybody those taxes and the windfall taxes maybe don't make a huge amount of sense when it comes to competition in the marketplace. But then again, there is a suggestion, of course, we should go back to a state-run energy provider similar to the ESB, which according to Richard Boyd Barrett this morning, uh, could cost 15 billion. But hey, we could find money when we needed it for COVID. But of course, the European Commission have now spoken as well. von Van Underline has said she has a five-step plan Smart saving of electricity, in other words, using power off-peak only, and uh, she expects member states to comply. You've got to love the word comply in there, don't you? It's like a dirty word, isn't it? Proposing a cap on revenue on companies who produce electricity with low costs. Number three is unexpected profits from fossil fuel companies. Uh, same as two member states should use. And addressing energy utility companies to be able to address violation of energy markets liquidity problem, she says. But here is the most interesting thing that she said. And this just went out live about 10 minutes ago. Have a quick listen to this and see do you, like me, get a little bit of deja vu.
2: And this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours, and we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this.
1: Where have you heard the phrase, flatten the curve, before? Am I getting a bit of deja vu? Also, the word mandatory is in there. The way she's used the word comply, and she will be supporting member states. If of course, we are a member state. In other words, the suggestions the government are making may become mandatory. What are we going to see? I have a vision in six months' time of Johnny walking down the road. Oh, look. Number five has his lights on. Turn your lights off. Do you not care about the elderly? We'll be shaming each other for using electricity soon. Isn't this shocking? And it's completely unnecessary. There are other ways to fix this problem, but they're not looking beyond that. Households can expect, according to the government, a new electricity credit, oh great, 200 quid, that'd be wonderful, to offset on their energy bills before Christmas. That's according to the Environment Minister and Energy Minister, Eamon Ryan. Have you ever heard of the idea of having an energy minister who's a climate activist? It's like having a vegan as the Minister for Agriculture. I mean... Yeah, I did steal your joke, Ruth. Uh, a vegan as the Minister for Agriculture, or indeed, as John suggested earlier on, maybe Minister for Housing, have it all his own properties. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, really, does it? But anyway, Minister Ryan said uh, he made the remarks as the Cabinet today signs off on plans to limit energy use in the public sector with temperatures to be set at 19 degrees, as appropriate to each public building's use. Now, I can tell you now, the thermostat in this studio currently is set at 21 to 22 degrees There is one particular presenter who will remain nameless who turns it down to about 20 or 19. And when I come in here, you could hang knees up here and store it because it's freezing. I would not be working in 19 degrees. I don't find it comfortable and I wouldn't be doing it. Simple as that. So I can understand if a lot of people in the public sector say, I don't want to work in 19 degrees. What about schools? That's public sector. Do the kids want to sit there in 19 degrees? Some might be OK with it and they wear another coat. I don't know. I wouldn't be OK with it. Anyway, the public sector will be expected to lead by example on energy efficiency in the coming months, Mr. Ryan said, with other proposals including reducing heating of low occupancy spaces, optimising timers and thermostats and reducing in peak time. Mr. Ryan also said it was the first of a series of memos. Ah, memos not mandatory compliance, but in memos, and that the government would consider and said it would have several stages to manage throughout the winter into the next year because, of course, the realisation of power cuts like the 70s is back. Mind you, we had the power cuts in the 70s for very different reasons. It was to do with maintenance of the system. Anyway, amongst the other suggestions today by Eamon Ryan and the media in general, and you know, by the way, friends, fellow friends in the media, you're quite shameful Because you're running along with this as if this is some sort of game. This is not a game. We're playing with people's lives. We have elderly people out there who are terrified facing the winter, being cold and not being able to afford their bills. We've people in general waking up every morning wondering can they afford their electricity and their gas and the government doing very little about it and the media are going along with this cutting back business. Anyway, amongst other suggestions today in the media are baiting the kids together. Yeah, we did that in the 70s, didn't we? I thought we'd moved on from that. Teaching to uh, teaching children to get used to colder showers. So tell your kids, turn turn off the... Yo, get in there. Oh, it was freezing. It doesn't matter. Watch yourself. Using battery-powered lights, eating more cold meals. Um... <laughs> Older people to wear thermals, that was one suggestion I see in the paper today, mind you. Imagine telling older people, listen, can ah, you're freezing, you could die of hypothermia, but you won't if you, if you you know, if you put on some more thermals there, you'd be grand. We know you can't afford the heating, but you throw on a few thermals there and you'd be fine. I mean, realistically, is this the answer? Maybe you believe it is. Meanwhile, in France, they've capped the energy prices so that people don't take the brunt of the soaring costs. Liz Trust, the new PM in the UK, has already said she will sort and fix out the problem this week. That's what she said last night. This week. And she's probably going to have to follow through because she's the new PM and she's going to have to impress, which will allow them all to follow France and other countries who have capped the cost. France capped the cost at 4%. Now, I know they depend a lot on nuclear fuel, which we probably should be doing. I don't know why people don't talk about that. Meanwhile, the Irish will be throwing another 200 quid, which won't even cover the cost of the extra bills or anywhere close to it. But the question I'm asking you today is, will you be cutting back? Are you going to cut back? Will you be saying to yourself, OK, between four and seven? And this is what I don't understand about peak hours, and maybe somebody can explain it to me if we all don't use our tumble dryers and our washing machines and our cookers and eat cold food between four and seven, so you get home from work and you go, right, I'm going to wait late o'clock, government said, four and seven, peak time. And then all of a sudden we all start using it after seven. Does that then not become the new peak time? Because we're not going to just not do it. So does that just not become the new peak time? Maybe somebody with a a degree in energy and electricity can explain all that to me. Anyway, the number is 087-188-0008. I want to know, will you be cutting back? How will you be cutting back? And will you be shaming your neighbour for using electricity? What next? Will we have electricity passports coming soon? You never know. John, you're an Ireland Classic kid. How you doing, John? I'm good, Neil. How are you? Good. Jo- well, firstly, John, it says here you have a Master's in Sustainable Energy Engineering, right? So... <laughs> You're brighter than me when it comes to this stuff, pardon the pun. So maybe you could explain, if we all stop using energy or reduce our energy usage between four and seven and start cooking after seven o'clock at eight o'clock, for example, or using our washing machines and dishwashers, surely then that becomes the new peak time. (laughs) Absolutely, you're shifting the problem to another hour. Am I right in thinking that or am I wrong? Of course, that's that's just absolute common
3: sense. And I I only checked in, sorry, I haven't been following this <clears throat> since you started earlier, so I didn't check in until your research or phone. And just as I checked in, I, I heard you speaking about um, the conditions in your studio, you know, 21 degrees and coming in sometimes with frozen meat, <laughs> maybe <laughs> keeping cold and that type of thing. And I thought maybe it might be an interesting point. There's a thousand different things I could bring up here and bore your listeners for the rest of the day, but can I just address one here? It's something what we call thermal comfort, and it's what our bodies. Strive to achieve at all times that level of tumble, and we're all
1: a bit different. My mother used to say I was completely. a cold creature. I'm a cold creature,
3: absolutely. Yeah. And and there's a lot of factors that feed into that. You know, there's a lot of environmental factors. Obviously, the actual dry bulb temperature of the air, the wind chill factor. There's a lot of environmental issues which we externally, of course, we have no control over. Internally, we do have mass control over. And the other thing is the other factors that feed into that are physiological conditions. So your age, your your weight, your metabolic rate, dare I say it, uh, your menstrual cycle of where you are in that time of the month for ladies, a lot of bits and pieces feed into that. So it's a it's a hugely diverse range of inputs that you need to consider to create thermal comfort which suits everybody in the house. And so yeah, because a you, you can have it set at, say,
1: 20 degrees and everybody feels a little bit different. Yeah, we all accept that and, heat a bit different, yeah.
3: And it would be oversimplistic. This is, I mean, I was going to just say, turn down the, the, what we call the backstop temperatures, the, the temperature of your stats in the house. And that's an oversimplistic thing to say. But if I think if I give you a little tiny bit of theory behind it, it might just help listeners to make sense of why that works. And uh, it's a thing called, it's a, it's a phenomenon called adaptive thermal complex, which we have as humans. Now, we're obviously capable of adapting to many things. But one of the things we're very capable of adapting to is the temperature and the conditions which provide us with that phenomenon called adaptive thermal comfort and i suppose an easy example to understand would be you know we've we're after a good spell of hot weather here in ireland and if you left if you had a holiday booked unfortunately in spain where it might be 40 degrees or maybe 38 degrees and you left ireland at 25 so you're sitting above in dublin airport at 25 degrees and you're mopping the sweat off your brow thinking it's really warm you come back to the same 25 degree temperature from 40 or 38 degrees in Spain, and you're frozen sitting above in <laughs> Okay, airport. yeah,
1: because you've adapted to the warmer weather, yeah.
3: Completely, so that's a recognition that our bodies adapt to the conditions that are surrounding us environmentally at that time. So that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, we adapt, typically, these are the kind of general figures that are accepted in our trade. You adapt to about a one degree every 12 days. So one degree, if you turn down the set point temperature in your house, upstairs and downstairs, by one degree, uh, the generally accepted savings uh, for a standard oil bottle, and I'm not talking about uh, heat pump or that. I'm talking about uh, standard oil bottle, which are maybe 86, 87% uh, efficient, is about one5 to 2% savings in cost, down to pound shillings and pence, basically. So it's considerable. So if you can get, like, the standard sibsy or the crowd that set those for us, for design engineers now, and the standard set point temperature, we say for a living room is about 21 degrees, maybe 18 for... Yeah, I have um, my nest
1: at home set at 21 degrees. In all of the house? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just one single thermostat. It's, an, it's one of those nest ones. Yeah, really. okay. So the
3: bedroom will yeah. be still 21 degrees?
1: Well, well, and I don't know. I imagine, no, the thermostat is in the kitchen. So I imagine it's based on the kitchen.
3: Yeah, clearly, yeah. yeah. You might have set on the red as well, a TRV or something. But look, yeah. whatever it is, if you could turn, if you could turn that down by... 3 degrees. Now that sounds fairly horrendous to most people in the It does sound very horrendous
1: to be honest with you.
3: <laughs> but uh, if you talk about a person coming to Ireland from the Nordic countries, where the ambient temperature temperature there all year round might only be 11, 12 degrees, ours here is 15 to 18. See, because I time. can tell
1: you, I, there's a DJ that will remain nameless in this radio station, Enda Murphy. <laughs> and Enda comes in here, but he's filling in sometimes in the mornings. And he turns it down to 19 degrees. We have a thermostat here in the studio, right? And we've yes. outside as well. And he turns it down to 19. And when I come in, I'm freezing. I said it to him, I said, Zenda. I said, you could store meat in this studio. It's so cold. <laughs> so I turn it back up again to 22 to compensate. I'm okay with 21, but I turn it to 22 to get it heated up a little bit quicker. Well, you've just increased the cost of eating that studio by an average of 8%. Right, okay. Don't tell me boss that. He'd be listening. He was, he'd be <laughs> but, uh,
3: your, your would call down there as a cold creature. But as my father said one thing, would you consider throwing on a vest in you rather
1: than coming up to test? <laughs> on a vest. Do you remember your mother used to do that? <laughs>
3: Absolutely. But, but John, but, I mean, John,
1: having a master's in sustainable energy, and I get the point that you're making, that we could adapt to, you know, dropping it by one degree, as you said, one degree every 12 weeks, I think, or 12 days is what you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but there is a limit to what we can adapt to, I imagine, as well, where it just becomes too cold.
3: No, no, not really. No, no. Uh, you can get down to... Uh, like, your, your body obviously needs... Well, in Ireland, look, we've, we've evolved... But particularly elderly
1: so, people, John, I imagine.
3: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you see, they've no... Like I said earlier, it's down to your metabolic rate as well, which is usually influential. And an old person, simply by the, their activity level, will have a low metabolic rate. So they don't have the half rate, they don't have... Well, they've, they've less. Pain. they've
1: also less fat on their skin. Um, so, of course, that doesn't help Correct. with their insulation as well. Yeah, but they're still quite capable of adapting. But mm. it, it, socially, it's probably not acceptable. You'd have to shift a lot of
3: things before but, the theory to get people... Well, here's the thing, things. right? This
1: is 2022. We live in a very modern world. It's not We're not living in a world where we bath three kids at a time. Generally speaking, unless you want to have a bit of crack and fun with the kids or something like that and throw suds all over them. So we're not, in, we're not living in the tenement houses of the 1960s and 70s where we had to boil water over a fire. You know, thankfully, we live in a modern world. We're all used to it. And the idea of sacrifice now, the idea of reducing our lifestyles uh to appease what seems to be political decisions doesn't wash well with people, does it?
3: I suppose you know it does a divide there between what you consider your entitlements and your rights and to what you have to do to cut your cloth basically. You know, we, as a, as a nation, especially the younger generation, have a load of stuff in their head that they're calling entitlements. There's no mention of the other side of the coin, which is responsibility. It's just an entitlement-based society that we have. But so you can't, yeah, but you
1: can't build a world, John, over, you know, with material objects, or be it electricity, or be it gadgets or electronics, and then say to people we're taking them away again, because that's not the way the world works, and that's not the way we've never been used to that sort of stuff before.
3: We've just never been used to it. That's not to say it's not a natural thing to happen. But why should we accept it
1: when it's unnecessary?
3: Because you simply won't be able to afford it. Suck yourself. Well, 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 okay, well, then
1: let's get to the crux of that, okay? So when you say we simply couldn't afford it... We can afford it. It all comes down to money. Money is just numbers. We're well aware of that. Then why? Why mon- are we I mean, today? Well, why are we cribbing if we can't if we can afford it? Ha- well, hang on. The, the point is, the government could afford it if they wanted it. They could do what France is doing currently at the moment and cap prices if they wanted to. It would probably cost about two and a half billion per year um, to basically cap the price at probably two or three uh, percent on increases per year. If it has to be done, it has to be done. We could pull money out of the hat for COVID. We could pull money out of the hat for immigration. We could pull money out of the hat for all sorts of things, uh, you know, to help refugees, which we should be doing. We could pull money out of the hat for all sorts of things. So why can't we pull money out of the hat for this? And in turn, not only are we saving people money and businesses money, but it also keeps the cost of living down because, of course, the more it costs to produce goods for electricity and energy, the more the the retailer has to charge, the more the consumer has to pay. So it keeps the cost of living down as well. There's a win win in it. So, but instead. Said, we're looking is, at the yeah, alternative.
3: Unfortunately, unfortunately, that hat that you're talking about has another name. It's called taxpayers' pockets. But we don't a, have a hat here that generates automatic revenue every year. We're on 44, 45% margin tax rates in Ireland at the minute. And look, I was in Budapest lately and there was a guy walking there and he told me his wages in Ireland six years ago was €600 euro a week. He's now on €600 euro a month driving a shuttle bus. And he's everything price-wise. There is progress that's that. But but, we've but it's exa- yeah, it but, but, that's it really but that's unacceptable.
1: But that's unacceptable. You know, and, and to, to allow our lifestyles to be damaged in such a way that we work. I mean, we work hard. You work hard. John, I work hard. We all work hard. We deserve to have a, a reasonable life and balance of life, of work. And, you know, having a nice holiday in the year, driving a reasonably priced car, living in a reasonable home. We deserve that as human beings. And to suggest for a minute that we don't deserve that or that could be taken away from us or we should have to pay more to, to get that at this point in our lives is ridiculous when there are the other know, ways uh, around us,
3: we, we deserve, in our heads, we deserve... Just think of what we are here. We're a species, sitting on a rock, travelling around the stair, and if something bumps off it, it's all over. That's the simplistic version of what we're talking about in terms of what we're entitled to. We're entitled, as humans, to nothing other than what we provide for ourselves. I mean, tell the Ukrainian people, a lovely race of glamorous people, that they're entitled to peace. And entitled they are to entitled heaven. to peace. Of course they are, but... They, they don't. They're not getting it because. But, but yeah, but but but, but, fact, but look what we're happen. doing.
1: But look what we're doing to help them to have that entitlement to peace. You know, the EU are funding, we're providing weapons, we're helping refugees, we're doing everything we possibly can, with the exception of getting involved in the war because we're not. They're not uh, in the a NATO country, so we're doing everything we possibly can with sanctions on Russia. Some of which I agree with, some of which I don't agree with, but with sanctions, we're doing everything we possibly can because they are entitled to peace. It, it, uh, and truly I little, truly truly it
3: miles. When you speak about the provision of weapons, to me, is automatically suggesting failure. But when you're starting to provide weapons to fix a solution, the politics have failed. But it, when, you no, when you
1: say no, the politics are fair, we have no control over a dictator. No, no,
3: I get that. We you know know have I mean? no control, but yet we're quite willing now to provide weapons to, to defend them. And I know, theoretically, we want to defend them, and we have this Western side story here that Putin is all sorts of bad. And that's you know, getting away about. from energy bills here. And there's people price gouging. And we're, we, we really do find ourselves where we find ourselves. And like the, the whole reason we're on this, or I'm on this call now, is to suggest how people can deal with that. Like, we've we no control over price. There's two ways you can cut costs. One is to cut the price of it. And the other side, the other side of it is to cut the demand, the consumption of it. We have zero in Ireland. No control but, over price. But as well as... I would suggest that Europe, as a whole, doesn't have control. Okay, of price but as, right well, now. as
1: well as what's happened in Ukraine, which has certainly compounded the energy crisis, the energy crisis started long before the war in Ukraine. We know that. I mean, a lot of that started going back many, many years ago, and I don't want to go over old ground again because I've yeah, it Yeah, and I'm I don't have a
3: knowledge of it. So yeah, well, okay. Know.
1: Well, a lot of it's to do with you know policies that we've brought in throughout Europe in relation to climate change, where investors are now not investing in refineries, etc. So there's no problem getting the oil; it's refining it and bringing it to the market. That's the cost yeah. factor involved. The Chinese and the Indians, they don't care. They are not. They don't care about climate change and they have no problem with it. They have no energy crisis there at the moment because, they you know, you could walk out into Iraq with a book and spade, as I said before, and find some oil and they're, and they're quite happy to take it. And they're quite happy to take Russian oil and they're building refineries like they're going out of fashion and coal burning uh, plants like they're going out of fashion. For the moment, if we're in a crisis and I know you're into sustainable energy and I appreciate that. And going forward, I think everybody belie- should believe in sustainable energy, right? But at this moment, in this juncture on this planet where we have a problem, not just a political problem, we have a war going on, we have all sorts of things going on, uh, we have little problems with currencies as well and the cost of buying the oil, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Should we not be just saying, well, let's use those coal burning plants for the moment to produce an extra few, you know, megawatts or kilowatts or whatever the hell it is they produce? Should we not be just, we have a power plant sitting on a, on a bog that we don't even use? should we not be just using them or talking about nuclear fuel? Should we not be no, talking about nuclear well, fuel? Well, nuclear fuel maybe, but not, not, not,
3: it took us too long to get over the inertia uh, of getting into the mindset of having
1: renewable energy. It, that took too long. Yeah, but, took but, but it's no use if we have idea. nothing to replace it with. It's all well and good saying don't use oil, don't use gas, and that's great. And it's all well and good to say that. But when you have nothing to replace it with, at this moment in time, and we don't have enough. I mean, in the future, yes, but at this moment, right now, we don't have enough to replace it with, clearly. So, surely we should say to ourselves, well, let's not cut off her nose to spite her face. If you're not willing, if, if people, I'm not saying you now, but, and I know you just speak for listeners, but if people are not willing to look
3: at the two sides of the story here, one is that, you know, this thing, the government have an obligation to look after me because I have a right to have twenty one degrees inside my office or inside my apartment, inside my home the whole time. If that's if that's not addressed with people within their own psyche, if people genuinely believe you see young lads have a right to two hundred and fifty euro worth of Nike shoes going to school, I have a right to the bus to collect me, I have a right to get social welfare, I have a right, a right, a right, a right. But you do have a right to to a lot of those things you've just mentioned. You absolutely do I I don't know about
1: the Nike shoes, but you certainly have a right you have a right to social welfare. You have a right you to. You don't it. have a right to us. It. It's you, just you... you're very fortunate to live in a state that ah, you're provided with, John, but you don't have an absolute right to us. You know, Hold on, there's men fought in this country for our rights. and for the constitution Absolutely, but country. you must
3: remember there's some guy next door to get you
1: getting up at five o'clock in the morning to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely, and I understand so that.
3: So once you recognise that, but it's still not
1: a right. Oh, no, no, as long as you don't abuse it, I believe you have a right to it. You have a right to education. You have a right to work, if indeed there's jobs available. You have a right to all those things. You also have an obligation and a civic duty to pay your taxes. But you have a right and a civic duty to take part in society. But, I mean... If you're turning around telling me we don't have a right to all those things, well, then we've just lost, haven't we? Might as well just throw in the towel. Yeah, but by virtue of the fact that we have a civilised
3: society, I I don't call it a right. I think that's too strong a word. I think we're blessed and we're privileged to have it. Absolutely So so we're we're privileged to to have it. But to grow our kids, to to rear our kids and let them believe that you have a right to all these things is... Setting them up for a fall at some stage and we're seeing the start of that little fall now. We're only talking about energy prices. There's none of us freezing cold and dying of hypothermia, let's face it. Mm. And it's a thing on radio. I mean national radio is a, a valuable place, a valuable uh, platform to have. So it must mean something if you're discussing it. But to instill in people's minds that you have a right to this twenty one degrees and find any other solution to fix it other than lowering your temperature. It's is oversimplistic. And dangerous, I think, in the long term. And if you're, if people are actually thinking about going back, burning fossil fuels again, creating a longer, longer, more serious term problem to a short term solution, uh, they really aren't reading the, the other side of the, the book. It's like you get a pamphlet there from the state. one half is written in Irish and the other half is written in English. We're reading the English side of it, but we're not turning over to the more complicated, more nuanced side to just recognize what the bigger picture is.
1: All right. Well, look, on that note, John, I'm running out of time and I appreciate you coming on the air. Thank you very much for the conversation. It's been an interesting one. You're welcome. Thank you. Caroline, you're an Ireland's Classic case. Just before the break, I want to go to Caroline too. Caroline. Hi, How How are you? you? Okay. so you've you've heard what John has to say. He doesn't believe that we have a right to all these things. Um, You know, obviously, the government are suggesting loads of things. You just heard Ursula van der Leyen, who's president of the European Commission, suggest there will be mandatory cuts when it comes to using energy reductions in energy between five and seven o'clock in the evening going into the winter time will you be cutting back
2: no i think i think look this thing we're in a crisis and we have to think outside the box here now instead of the government giving everybody 200 quid, um for the next payment that's due in winter time or whatever very simply they gave every household um the low energy bulbs energy saving light bulbs they're expensive to buy initially. They last longer and they save for power.
1: LED bulbs. Well, they they don't use the energy yeah, saving the, ones. The LED ones now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you have energy ones as well, energy saving ones. And I wonder. Also i also I, I, wonder, have,
1: I wonder, Caroline. Do many people still have the old bulbs in their houses? Do Do you do? We, do would you have many of the old type bulbs, filament type bulbs? I
2: definitely bulbs? have some of the old ones, but and I have a few of the energy saving ones. Not as many as I should have, possibly. But there's another thing, too, called a smart strip. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's um, something to plug, uh, you know, several devices in. It's like, um, you know, the adapters that you could have maybe for...
1: A plug board, yeah, like a plug board, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, these smart strips apparently have the technology to realise when an appliance isn't being used. And instead of it on standby, it turns it off altogether.
1: Okay, that's clever enough, yeah yeah so i mean there
2: are things like that where um you know we could be saving okay money. so
1: we we could play a little bit of a role in it as well but you also believe the government should play a bigger role in this
2: absolutely and i think you know i heard down seven about fossil fuels and everything but the reality of it is until the war in Ukraine is over and whatever the outcome of that is you know gas oil everything nobody knows what's going to happen we have power stations that will burn peat, so if you put a three-year um, program in place where, okay, we are going to take a step backwards as such and use these powers.
1: Um, yeah, just put the climate policy, I'm not suggesting we abandon it, but put it on hold. It's not going to make a huge difference to the longevity of the planet to put it on hold just for a couple yeah. of years. We've and been we we've been here down. for, what is it, eight million years or eight billion years. I doubt it's going to make a huge difference to do it for an extra few years.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, that it would be... I suppose a quick fix. I know Eamon Ryan would, you know, have a a breakdown if he thought that this was going to happen, but, you know. Well, I I, I
1: don't get the idea of having an energy minister who is a climate activist. As I said already, or as Ruth said earlier on to me, it's like having a vegan as Minister for Agriculture. It just doesn't make a huge mental sense to me, but that look, people voted for him and that's what they want.
2: And Ursula Van Leyen's um, comment on flattening the curve, that brought it all back to the COVID times that we lived through. And uh, I just thought, well, you know, they did bring in the, um, the special doctors to look after uh, our needs during COVID and to put certain policies in place. Well, maybe instead of having the ministers that we have, there should be environmentalists brought in in the same capacity mm. that, you know, are not government affiliated who could make policies in the short term that would benefit
1: everybody. The only thing I don't like about what Ursula, I'm not a big fan of Ursula von der Leyen to be honest with you, the greatest of times, but um, this idea of A, using the term flatten the curve, I think that kind of makes people shudder a little bit. But using words like mandatory, so she said she's going to be reducing peak energy, uh, will be mandatory for all member states. uh, And then she uses it in her five-step plan, smart saving of electricity, in other words, using power off-peak only, and she expects member states to comply. To use words like comply and mandatory, I think we're heading down a very rocky road.
2: Well, put it like this. Let's say, God forbid, you've been in a coma for the last two years, and you woke up this morning, and you're hearing this comply, uh, mandatory to use power outside of peak hours, and this, you would be forgiven for thinking that maybe perhaps we'd all of a sudden be living
1: in a communist state. You would, and George Orwell was alive and well. (laughs) All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, Caroline. Okay, Caroline mentioned the smart strip there. And also, good idea, by the way, if you have a few quid spare, change all your bulbs to energy-saving or, well, LED, which is mainly what is around now. The energy-saving bulbs seem to be vanishing off the shelves. It's the uh, LED bulbs, which are, instead of having a 60-watt bulb, you have a 5-watt bulb because it's LED and gives you exactly the same light and uses only a tenth of the electricity. Save you a lot of money in the long term, although lighting is not the one thing that uses a lot of electricity anyway. Uh, the number 087-188-008. Will there be lights at Christmas? Who knows? Will you be making sacrifices? mention as well, uh, just to reiterate on that, if you are looking for a new career, by the way, or, you know, you're just looking for a job, there'll be some great employers at the Job Expo. If you're hanging around Galway or you're visiting the area on the 17th of September, it's in Leisureland. And the good thing about it is it's free. Absolutely free, you don't have to pay, but you must register. So if you want to register, go to jobsexpo.ie, get yourself a free ticket there for you and a buddy, whatever it is, and head on down because it's heading to the west of Ireland. It's a great expo, by the way, the one in Galway or in Dublin was amazing. Uh, lots of employers there, giving you some ideas if you're thinking of changing your career or whatever it happens to be. 17th of September, Leisureland in Galway. All right, Go to jobsexpo.ie and you can register yourself for a free ticket. Anything that's free is good, isn't it? Paul, you're an Ireland's classic kid, so you doing Paul electricity. He's now free, that's for sure. Uh, Paul, will you I'm be making sorry. sacrifices?
0: I, uh, no, we won't, actually. Um, I mean, look, budget willing, I won't, but uh, I have absolutely no plans to do so, and I think that Eamon Ryan's suggestion that we do these ridiculous, archaic uh, measures are a bit tone-deaf, actually coming from him. I mean, uh, before he was in power at the start of the pandemic, people laughed at him in the doll. He was the fella saying crows salads on every southern bloody windowsill. And And
1: we also uh, also laughed when he fell asleep at once.
0: Climate zealot. And by the way, I completely accept that there is an issue. There's a global issue with climate change. I know that's a fact. I'm not denying it in the slightest. But I think that Ireland's idea that us making, like, by not cooking between, what do you say, four and seven. Four and seven, yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the analogy... I well, but it's not like,
1: Ireland's idea. I mean, you've got Ursula von Leyen there, the president of the European Commission, saying exactly the same thing. And not only is she saying it, she's saying it's going to be mandatory.
0: Fine. But here's the thing. It's like trying to bail water out of the Titanic with a teaspoon. As long as China and India are polluting at the rate they're polluting, nothing we do will make a difference. You, like imagine this. Everyone goes, "Oh Jesus Christ! The, the world was saved by from cataclysm because Biddy and Roscommon <laughs> cooked their dinner between before, uh, before
2: four. I mean, it's ridiculous. You but,
0: know? Here's thing, <laughs> but here's the thing, Paul. But
1: here's the thing. The cost of energy at the moment... Now, I know other countries are addressing it by... And I know Liz Truss has just announced a price freeze uh, because obviously oh. she's promising the British people that she will deal with the cost of living in the energy crisis. France have just put in a, a, a price cap as well, uh, no more than 4% increase based on last year's prices. So other countries are doing things. We're not. We're just flinging 200 quid at people every now and again once this year so far, actually, maybe once before Christmas. That's not really going to help people. So, Paul, if you don't cut back, the problem is... You know, And if we don't surrender or give in to the government, and many people believe they're incompetent in dealing with this, that you're just going to have to pay more money for your gas and electricity, or oil, or whatever I mean, it happens to be. Is,
0: is, is that not always the solution for us? The Irish public just have to row harder every time. Well, that seems
1: what to be, well, be what's happening. That's what's happening, isn't it? I'm not the maker of their destiny. They're the ones sitting there listening to the radio and do nothing about it.
0: Well, the other thing is, though, now, why are we we having these energy costs? It's three things. I would say Brexit, uh, the fact that we shut our economy down for two years, I don't think we'll ever try that again. I mean, I'd like to think we will never try that again, you know? And then obviously, hey, hey,
1: Paul, you're saying, I don't think we'd like to try that again. But when you hear, you know, Europe today, and I'll just play that bit of audio again just in case you missed it. Hang on, this is Ursula, what she said today. Hang on. And
2: this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands... The expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours, and we will work very closely with the member
1: states to achieve this. Where did you hear that word before? Flatten the curve. Uh, it
0: be very carefully selected, by the way. Yeah. Very carefully written into it. And, and you mandatory. Know how
1: but but also she used yeah. the words there between reducing uh, usage between four and seven peak times mandatory across Europe. Yeah. So, so right. when you are saying we're not going to close the country down again, we are implementing. We are going to implement restrictions again.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you think like. Why are we doing this? I think that obviously we're helping Ukraine and that's very important and I completely agree with that. But I think that I think there's maybe a side sort of a tacit recognition that maybe we overplayed this one with all the oil sanctions because we're actually affecting ourselves. And it's like Ursula von der Leyen doesn't want to admit that and is now kind of turned it back on us. But you guys have to pick up, pick up the pieces of that one. We messed up that one, kind of, you know? Guy, I think that in hindsight, they wouldn't have gone so archaic and obviously there needs to be sanctions on Russia, but not sanctions that are gonna absolutely backfire on all of us
1: we shouldn't be cutting our nose off to spite our face, is what you're saying, essentially.
0: Absolutely, but it's, you know, we, we, there are things we can do. But in the context, I take the context, we've just come out of a pandemic where we shut every economy down for two years and Brexit has happened and all this kind of stuff. Could we not have just been a little bit more selective in how we implemented sanctions Russia, rather than saying, you know, mm. we're going to literally starve ourselves to starve you.
1: You know, yeah, well, know I know i understand that line. I couldn't agree with you more actually in, in relation to sanctions. I some I agree with, some I completely disagree with. As you rightly says, we do cut her nose off despite her face. Not that I believe I, I don't feel sorry for obviously the people of Ukraine, of course, I do. Uh, but yes, we have to do what we need to do. So, Paul is willing to pay the extra, he's not willing to make those sacrifices because he believes, unlike John, who was on the start of the show. He does have some level of a right to having energy and having the lifestyle that he has. Padraig, you're in Ireland's classic. of Kits. you doing, Padraig?
4: Greetings, my old Shagosha.
1: How are you, Padraig?
4: Not too bad. Greetings, all left-wing traitors, Nile.
1: Right, Padraig. Will you be making sacrifices?
4: Oh, it's like the, the Elton so- song, Elton John song, Sacrifice Big Time, Nile. yeah?
1: Will you be cutting uh, back, yeah?
4: We're making such a sacrifice that we've decided our mother-in-law is moving in with us.
1: Right. Are you, in, are you Are you joking me?
4: Into the scratcher. Uh, it's no point in having two bills and two houses, got two electric bills, two gas bills. So God love her, she's 87, but she's going to be in the middle. Oh, no be honest, she's 87.
1: 25. It's a good idea to move her in anyway, isn't it?
4: We'll have a 15-year-old and a 25-year-old. It's All in one bed like the old days, heads and tails now. Remember that? <laughs> heads and tails.
1: You smelly feet in your face.
4: No, no, no. We we shower very regularly. But listen... <laughs> I it, it, hope it, you're
1: having a cold shower and not a hot one, by the way. <laughs>
4: Nile, isn't it terrible that the woke generation, I'll include us in this, well, we're still hanging in there, uh, that a bit of hardship has come our way. Now, the, the elephant in the room here in Nile is, we, sh- the West, per se, should have minded their own business. As in, if you poke a bear too much, it's going to react, i.e. Russia. Now, I don't claim to be a historian on the conflict there and on the ex-Soviet Union, but I'm sure I intend to educate myself on the matter. Uh, th- I think there's more than, this than meets the eye, and the West have decided that the Russia is the bad boy. And well, the end- they are.
1: They've invaded a country.
4: Hold on a second now. It's back- okay, I'm not, I'm not, I
1: don't, no, don't want to get into that today. That's, that's not what we're talking about today. The war in Ukraine has had some influence, certainly, and compounded the issues we have around energy. I'm just focusing on the one question today, and that is, will you be making cutbacks?
4: I've just told you uh, the cutbacks I'll be making. Privacy and the scratcher. Now... You say this is not related. What are you talking no, about? No, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait, hang on, I didn't say it wasn't related. I said, of course, the war in Ukraine has compounded the issues that we have around the energy crisis. Absolutely.
4: Nothing to do with it. And the West has shot themselves in the foot, and They have no sympathy. They've all, they're all against Russia, they, and now they're, they're crying because they can't, the, the, the bills have grown exponentially. So I mean, at the end of the day, Nile, this is self-inflicted.
1: Okay, all right, self-inflicted, according to Podrick, but he. We'll be making some cutbacks, although I think he's been cynical. Uh, the number is 188 Eddie, you're on Ireland's Classic kids Radio. How are you? Good, now. How are you?
5: Good, Eddie. I just, um, this whole blaming other countries has to stop. I mean, China are aiming to go net zero by 2060. They're putting in more solar powers, more wind farms, more everything than us. And the same with India. And, you know, as Europeans, we've been in polluting the world since the early 1800s with the Industrial Revolution. So this whole, whole thing of like, well, the, just because they do it, we won't do it kind
1: of thing. It, it, it kind of has to stop. It's a bit stupid, really, isn't it? I, 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 don't, I don't get what you mean. China are building With, coal, coal power plants like they're going out of fashion. Um, but they're, they're also are, building refineries as well.
5: But no, they're also, by 2060, they'll be, they'll be completely carbon neutral. They're building solar panels to be at the band. Hmm. They're beating wind farms to be at the band. I mean, China they're, is... Only, they're bigger polluters than we are. Yeah, but China's only been polluting the earth for the last 50 years. We've been doing it for the last 300, well, that's 400. Only be,
1: that's only because their economy has only been the way it is for the last 50 years, and we've been buying goods, obviously, because of travel and because of you know the availability of travel and, and uh, I suppose, couriers and everything else, that we, we buy a lot of stuff now from China, which we wouldn't have 60 years ago. That's the only reason right. that China's economy is booming, But I mean, and the only reason they're polluting for the last 50 or 60 years, and they will continue to pollute. I don't believe for a minute China will be net zero by 2050.
5: But but if that's the case, I mean you know that the oil is non-renewable, you know the coal is non-renewable, so at some point the well runs out. So so when do you want the well to run out in your well, well, So like, I, I mean, when do you say we're going to stop pulling oil out of the ground? And I'm not totally anti against oil or anything, but what I'm saying is the reality you have to live in is that one day the tap will run dry. So do we want to? Well, that it? well that depends on that's
1: it? scientific opinion. I, there are many scientists or other people. Um, who examined? Who have examined that Who said that's not the case at all, that it will continue well, sure, to be no, available. No,
5: think about, the, think about the planet. How big is the planet? How much oil can it hold? So at some point, you have to say that it could run out. Okay.
1: Well, let's say it does. And I'm not, I'm not arguing about the fact that we need to look to the future to look to at different forms of energy. There's absolutely, I'm not, I'm not arguing for that at all. But at this very juncture, at this moment in our history, right, for the next couple of years until we get through this particular crisis, which I believe is not only an energy crisis, it's a political crisis, uh, how are we going to deal with it? Should the people have to suffer, whereby their lifestyles suffer by paying more money for energy, and also they have to cut back by you know bathing kids together, having cold showers, and, not have, and having cold meals between four and seven? So is, should our lifestyles have to change that much? Should we have to sacrifice that much?
5: So now, I mean, if you look at the history of state, we've been in crisis ever since we've, we've become a state. And we'll always be in crisis. and I don't, always be I, crisis. I don't believe be crisis. Come on, there'll always be another crisis. There'll always no, be no, another no, no, well, no, hang, well, hang on. Well, yeah, but some so crises are different. Is, everybody. Honestly, what is the big deal?
1: Not, a, well, like, so you if, don't if think if it's a big deal, Eddie? Made,
5: if everyone just made a conscious decision to to maybe not cook between those times, to maybe put their washing on at night when it's cheaper... Because you okay, well, a question. Okay,
1: you seem okay. to know about it. So, answer me one question, right? So, all day long, they've been saying the government has been talking about the cabinet meeting today. They're suggesting this as well. that And, and obviously, you're Underline saying it's going to be mandatory to reduce energy between four and seven, right? So, yeah. four and seven is peak time. So, I come home from work. I don't cook. I say, right, I'll wait late o'clock and I'll have my dinner then. That'd be grand. I'll put the, I'll put the, the beef in the onion, in the oven then. Uh, I'll throw the clothes into the wash after that. So, does that, that then become the new peak time? If everybody's doing that.
5: But, you see, the whole point is that not everyone will do it. What you're trying to do is you're trying to remove a certain amount of people. Like, we know it's like telling people not to smoke. You can show them all the evidence you want, but people will still continue are, to smoke. Are you, are you telling enough. me
1: if we, okay? if we as a nation and as Europe are making it mandatory and telling everybody, obviously a few people will break the rules, of course they will, but you're telling people not to cook, not to wash, not to, to do laundry, or put on your spin dryer between four and seven. Are you telling me at eight o'clock they won't all switch them on, or at half past seven they won't all switch them on? Of course they will.
5: What I'm saying is if you don't think that everyone, by making one small change, won't help the planet, well then surely you're in denial. I mean, you know, you're No, I'm not, not in remember. denial, Eddie. You're I, not not you, you, you're, Eddie, all I'm all, not in denial. You're the one... Remember.
1: Nice. I'm not in denial. You're the one who's rolling over and just playing, just no, no. I'll do everything that's needed no, on me. That's come it. On. But
5: you could say that about paying taxes. You could say that about
1: buying No, we have back. a civic duty on, to pay taxes. You're rolling
5: over for the government. No. At the end of the day. No, I on.
1: get something back for my taxes. I get the roads. I get the the energy companies. I get the roads. I get something back for my taxes. I get safety. I get a health service. Although that's a mess. But I get something back for my taxes. So I don't mind paying taxes. People don't mind paying taxes. It's a civic duty. Well, most people don't, anyway.
5: I agree. But but, but by making small changes, you get to swim in the rivers. We get to have clean seas. We get to have climate that isn't all over the place. We get to have rain when we're supposed to have rain and summers when we're supposed to have summers. I mean, you don't have to do anything. It's your children and their children that will suffer. That's the whole point. But we can all make small changes now. And through history, we've all made small changes. We don't kill whales for oil anymore, but no one seems to care.
1: All right, I have to go into break. Eddie, thank you for coming on the air. I appreciate it. Uh, Eddie is willing to make those small sacrifices and he believes that we have to, for the future, make those small sacrifices. I want to know, are you going to make those sacrifices?
0: Hi, Nile. This absolutely breaks my heart. The elderly who have worked so hard all their lives are now living in fear because of these power cuts that were promised all over the winter. Because of these yokes with their big salaries and absolutely no common sense telling us what
2: to do. Wear
0: an extra layer of clothes. Should they're doing that anyway? It's absolutely terrible. When are the Irish people going to stand up and say enough
6: is enough? You're right. When? When? Hi there Nile, it's Pierre here uh, from Cork originally from South Africa um, I'm loving the show loving listening to the opinions and the varied opinions that people have um, I think like you say we are heading down a slippery slope it is uh, the, the the terms mandatory and things like that do kind of reek of the c-word but uh, from where we come from we've been through this already um, where the state in South Africa only have one energy supplier independent energy energy suppliers are not allowed to put back into the grid or anything like that um, we've been through a st- through a thing called load shedding which is where the energy supplier singular is not able to generate enough electricity because obviously they they're selling to other countries to uh, obviously keep themselves funded and fed and CEOs and big bank balance anyway that's my opinion But we've been through it where up to six hours a day there is no electricity, no traffic lights. Uh, You are allowed generating to a point of petrol and diesel fired uh, generators, things for like hospitals, shopping centers, things like that. But uh, I really think that at least in Ireland, you know, we're getting those energy supplements and things like that. But I do think that we are heading or a bit of a fall yeah, and yes i think it is about profiteering um as we've seen where we come from great show enjoying it thank you so much all the best
1: there you go he's got a good point imagine if the electricity was to go for six hours a day for god's sake and the other thing as well is and he makes a really good point i think he made it at the start of what he said there in relation to people's opinions etc etc and some people have the opinion that we should sacrifice a little bit and all that kind of carry on but the problem when you do that is when you give in to some degree or you sacrifice a little bit, then more is expected of you. And we've seen that during COVID. The more you're willing to do, and governments see it, they're not stupid. Oh well, yeah, if they'll do that, sure. They'll, they'll do 10K, they'll do 5K. If they'll accept us turning off the electricity for an hour, sure. What difference would two hours make? You know, we just tell them it's for their good, the better. You know, we could save more and we tell them it's a good thing. So the more you accept the more they will do. There is a point. We are citizens. We have a government. We elected them, their representatives. But as somebody rightly said earlier on, Eamon Ryan, Mihal Martin, Leo Varadkar, the famous three, are they sacrificing? Are they? Do you think that Leo Varadkar, Mihal Martin and Eamon Ryan won't be cooking or using their energy between four and seven? Do you think they'll lead by example? If we look around the world at the people who constantly promote climate change, who constantly promote all those things, they're, most of them are all hypocrites. Hypocrites. But a lot of them, so the very idea is that governments won't implement taxes on private jets just goes to show you how much of a hypocrite they all are. I mean, realistically, they don't lead by example. They have much bigger salaries, so those energy bills don't really affect them as much. They affect you. Uh, the number is 087-188-008. Let me just finally go to Rita on this before I move on. Rita, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Rita?
7: Hello. How are you?
1: Nice to talk to you, Rita. Now, you're a widow. When did you? I'm a widow. When did your husband? When did your husband
7: past... die? I've been disabled for the past twenty years. I'm a widow eight years.
1: And, and... So
7: I can't decide to have cut my electricity between four and seven. I'm told what time I eat my dinner. I've carers come into me. My carer comes before to the sixth. That's the time I have to eat my dinner. I don't have a choice.
1: So you can't
7: go back. I eat but I'm told to eat. You know, now I love my carers, they're great. But these people who talk and talk and talk and sit down then and eat their big dinners at whatever time they want to eat it. You know, yeah. it's the forgotten people, widows, disabled people like myself. We're depending on other people to come in, cook them bit of the grub, wash up after them, do their washing once a week at whatever time the suits the carer, not the government. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I,
1: I, I don't think, with the greatest respect, I don't think you'll be expected to cut back, Rita, and I hope you would never be expected well, to cut I've back. I've
7: already cut back on my shopping. Have you? And I say this now to you, and I would like the whole country other to know Dunn's stores I would give my life for. <laughs> my groceries are delivered every Saturday free of charge from Limerick out to my house in County Clare. So, every single
1: Saturday from Dunn's stores. All right, a big big shout out to all the staff of Dunn's stores who look after Rita so well. All the
7: stores Howdy's Key, Amanda, and Megan, every one of them.
1: I'm sure they're delighted they got a mention um, of you today. I
7: love, I love listening to your show. I think it's very straight and it's brilliant.
1: I'm glad you're And you
7: I would listen. also like to say now, a great thank you to my best friend and neighbour, Anna O'Driscoll, who without, I don't think I'd be able to stay at home. I'd be the a nursing home. only for the head she gives me.
1: Well, I'm glad you're at home. And I'm glad it's you're at so home.
7: I'm glad to be at home. Two and a half years ago, I lost my son And I spent six weeks in nursing them after breaking my leg. And was I glad to get home to my own house. i
1: would say you were. Well, I'm in
7: a three-bedroom house. It's a dorm bungalow. I live on the ground floor. I don't turn on lights upstairs. I don't turn on my heating upstairs. Why should I? For who?
2: Mm.
7: Well, it's just me and me. My my sitting kitchen. And then I go from there into my bedroom. So I'm on the ground floor the whole time. I have three cares. I have one Monday to Friday, ten to eleven. Then I have Lisa, four to six, quarter to seven. And then the weekend, I have my black girl that's for four hours. it's brilliant. It was and
1: brilliant. and tell me, Rita. I mean, have you noticed a difference in your bills now? Have Have you noticed the cost of living?
7: In the shopping, yeah. In uh, the shopping,
1: yeah. I'm waking
7: up my next light bill. I'm on oxygen 24-7, so my oxygen tank is fairly heavy.
1: I'm assuming you get help from the government in relation to the cost because you're on oxygen.
7: But I've never looked for it Mm. because nobody's ever guided me in that direction.
1: Okay. You know? Yeah.
7: So, um...
1: And did you get your last electricity bill? Was it more expensive than the one before? I imagine it was.
7: When my last electricity bill... Was uh, with the money they took off was 138 euros.
1: Okay, and, and that, that was it. That was including the 200 they took off it, Yeah.
7: Yeah, living alone. That was the last. Yeah. You know, my bill used to be between 60 and 75.
1: And so, and, and what about your heating? How are you heating your home?
7: I have, I have my aisle. I take my fuel allowance in two lump sums. So the minute I get my food lounge money, it goes straight into my oil company and, and they come out then.
1: fill your tank. Yeah. And is that is that enough then for that? Will that last you then the two times for the six months each time? Because yeah.
7: I'm careful with the, with the oil. I'm like, like you now. I like 19 to 20
1: degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a cold creature too, Rita? Yeah.
7: Well, I'm fast load. i fast blood, So 19 degrees. It's for me All oh, right, okay. But then, um, like I said, her eyes are brilliant. My eyes comes yeah. to me. They're brilliant me. you're I, giving
1: them all a good mention today, aren't you? Yeah.
7: Well, I mean, you know, I'm glad of the people I have around me. I'm so thankful to them, to them all, like, you know. How, how old
1: are you? Sorry, Rita. Is it okay to ask you how old you are?
7: 75.
1: 75. And, 75. What, and who did you vote for in the last election? Sinn
7: Féin.
1: Did you? <laughs> <laughs> did you? And what do you think of the, the job the government are doing at the moment? Without yeah, using bad you know, language. Did. Do you know what I
7: say to the government? They have to do what they're doing no matter who's there it's going to be done. It's
1: a New Martin or Mary Lou. It
7: has to be done. Things have
4: to be paid. Mm. You know,
7: things have to be done. We have to cut down, all right, we'll cut down. But i the just of these people saying, well, they should do between four and seven. It's easy for them to talk, but they're going to do it. They won't. They haven't the dinner their practice <laughs> at eight o'clock. You know, something. Yeah, I mean, you've,
1: no, you've, no, you've no choice. I mean, that's when your carer comes between four and seven o'clock.
7: Yeah. I mean, she comes to the party six. He's got it a quarter to seven. I'm in bed at a quarter to seven every night then.
1: Yeah, well, I, I would hate to think that Eamon Ryan would expect you to cut back between four and seven.
7: Well, if Eamon Ryan cuts back, he can come out and cut his throat.
1: <laughs> unless, he, unless he wants to come and cook your dinner.
7: I, <laughs> I have no problem cutting his throat. against can't the men. <laughs> I, like
1: I can't stand the men. <laughs> right. Okay. You know,
7: but, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's a funny time we're in. And all right, they're doing great these people into the country but they still must look around there's homeless people in the streets of Limerick there's homeless people on the streets of Dublin yep. they're not getting put into tents they're not getting put into the barracks you know they're still homeless they're still homeless and they're cold and they're hungry
1: and by the way do you I hope you never go cold and hungry do you?
7: no thank God I've never good. gone cold and never gone hungry
1: good I'm glad it's to hear
7: that good my dad worked hard. We didn't have a laugh but we were tops and toes the bed and we spent had to close down on top of us. A great child to a great marriage. Though. I'm very lucky.
1: What was your husband's name? What was your husband's name, Rita?
7: My was John.
1: And and John died eight years ago. You say how? How died
7: eight, he dead eight years this Christmas. I
1: mean, he would he, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been that old. How did he die?
7: Six years. 68.
1: Sixty-eight. Yeah.
7: My son came back to live with me, and my son died two and a half years oh, ago. Oh,
1: gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well,
7: yeah. the both died at home yet. I oh. found my son, went into the room, my son was dead. So oh. I mm. moved into his room, then I came down from upstairs. Because of my disability, I got to hospital bed. So it's grand, the hospital bed is grand. Actually, the oxygen I'm used to it, but was it a power cost. I'm in the shit
1: light. <laughs> you are, in, you the, you are in the shit, to use your own my words. Bed.
7: My bed goes out. I in my bed up high so I can see my television. Which is a power cut. I'm there and I'm looking down on the floor. How am I going to get back down there now? So I'm stuck. So I've got to be very careful these nights.
1: Because... And do you get out of the bed much at all, Rita?
7: Oh, I do. I'm up every morning.
1: Okay. And would you go for a little walk or can you go for a little walk?
7: Well, I have a four wheeler, okay, um, rollator, so I walk up and down my sitting room, and right. my kitchen,
1: right. Okay.
7: But I'm very safe
1: because that's all very easy. And can, I can you get out the door at all to go for a little walk?
7: No, 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 no. no I can't
1: get out the oh. door. Okay. And would you car- do the carers ever help love. you to get outside? Uh, no. Do the carers ever help you to get outside?
7: No, the job uh, my friend does.
1: Anne. Okay. Well done to Anne. And
7: Anne, and uh. I have a bar outside my hall door. I have a very high step at my front door. If anybody out there is willing to put a little ramp outside my hall door, I'd be very thankful because my steps is too high. And every, even when I go in ambulance, it's it. So, get so okay, way.
1: so what you're looking for is, and it's somebody obviously in Limerick. What what part of Limerick are you in?
7: I'm in, I'm in Court, I'm in Meadwick. I'm about two miles outside Limerick.
1: OK, if anybody is in the area and is willing to maybe put in a little bit of a concrete ramp or something like that from her step because it's a little bit high and she can't get out um, and is willing to do it for her, she'd be very grateful. And if anybody can do that, by the way, you can contact us here, 087-188-0008. Right? You can text or WhatsApp. Oh,
7: Helen breakfast. Yeah, now we'll t- I'll see if I can to get somebody, to,
1: we'll see if we can get someone to do it for you.
7: Oh, that'd be lovely. Yeah, we'll try oh, our right, best. Oh, that'd be lovely now. I some Yeah. I've yeah. <laughs> Because I don't get anything, I don't get anything easy for nothing. No, I take everything I need, is in the garden. That's three, that's ninety.
1: Well, look, you're, you. you're an amazing woman, Rita.
7: Actually, so people tell me that, but I don't know. Mate,
1: yeah, you're a wonderful had, woman.
7: And tough life, but you know, I just go to the end of the day.
1: You've you had know. a you've had a tough few years, and
7: I've had uh, a, lousy, a lousy eight a yeah.
1: And and do you, so you watch telly all day. Is that what you do?
7: No, I listen to the radio all day and I watch telly all night.
1: Right, okay. What's your favourite programme on telly? It's
7: your programme Monday. Oh, yeah. I was so quick radio and in the sport. sports. I went around my radio and I just managed and you were playing some kind of 60s music and I haven't turned it off
6: since.
7: <laughs> I went to bed, it's on the night, when I go to bed, it's on the morning I get up. Right. I never turned back. Edmund Ryan
1: wouldn't like that, no. He wouldn't like that. (laughs) But I don't think, I don't care what Eamon Ryan thinks of what you're doing, Rita, to be honest with you. Rita, it's been lovely talking to you, right? And if I get any news at all on somebody who can help you. So the area you're living in, you're two miles outside Limerick, or is that what you said? Yeah,
7: Elton Court in Mealick okay alright right, No, number 13 I
1: don't, you don't need even give, give us your door number but that's grand so listen if anyone wants to help thank you Rita see you Rita have that's a great it, day alright bye, bye, bye. bye. see you Rita bye bye what a lovely woman huh but she's had such a hard time doesn't really get to get you know out, out of the house at all and, and she'd like to be able to get out on her little four wheeler obviously you know the four wheeler thing that you hold on to but she can't because the step's too high so if there's anybody listening, you heard where she lives. I'm not familiar with the area myself, but you will know if you're from Limerick, you'll know where she lives. If there's anybody that could kind of build her a ramp, I'm assuming like a concrete ramp. I don't think you'd need permission for her, would you? Um, you know, just to, ext- I suppose, extend it out about five or six foot. You know, a kind of long ramp that would have a nice gradient that she could be able to walk down and her high step. If there's anybody willing to do that. Um, For us. Maybe you're a builder listening or you're somebody who's kind of good with your hands. All right. Could do it. Uh, Please contact us. The WhatsApp number is 087-188-0008 and Ruth will get in contact with you and we'll put you in contact with Rita or we'll do something. We'll sort something out anyway. All right. So if somebody's willing to do that in the area. All right. Ah, is it great? Look at you already. I'd be willing to pay for the ramp. If you can get it. Anyone to do it to somebody. There you go. Look. That's seen. But look. I, 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 Thank you very much for that. But I'm I'm hoping that somebody listening, some building company listener, some builder or somebody odd job man listening will do it for her for nothing. Don't charge her now. Jesus. Anyway, if anybody can do it, please contact us 087-188-0008. Now, I'm going to move on because it's actually upsetting, isn't it, to listen to that? You know, as a wonderful woman, 75 years of age, living the happiest years of her life now, hopefully. Hopefully she's smiling and she's in good form. She's in good spirit, even though she lost her husband eight years ago and she lost her son two years ago and that's all probably she had in life. Uh, but her carers come around to her and they look after her. Well done to all the carers. She name checked every single one of you, by the way. She even gave Dunstores Stores a big shout out for looking after her, sending her stuff out to her every Friday. She even mentioned the woman who comes and helps to go for a walk. She gave everyone a mention. She obviously cares about a lot of people.